Welcome to episode 10 of the Fitness Simplified podcast. Today, I interview coach and fitness writer Nia Shanks. Nia is the author of the book, Lift Like a Girl. If you take a look at her website, you'll see her self-description says that she shares fitness information that doesn't suck and that I think gives you a good insight into Nia's no-nonsense approach to health and fitness. We talk about a whole range of topics, about getting stronger, about aging. We talk about a different kind of before and after snapshot than maybe the ones you're used to seeing on fitness websites. Nia also breaks down for us five pieces of fitness BS. And then she gives you some tips about how to tell about whether the things you're reading about fitness and nutrition are realistic or whether they are indeed BS. So take a listen and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, Nia. Hey, how are you? Well, I guess we're, I think we're an hour early, but we can go ahead and do it now. <laughs> oh my goodness. Did I put down nine Eastern? Did I tell you nine Central? It's no, it's fine. We can do it. We can make it work. I've had some are, coffee in me. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you're sure, or I'll totally call you back in an hour. No, no, we can go ahead and do it. Okay. Well, surprise, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry about that. No, no worries. Well, welcome. And thank you so much for agreeing to be here on the Fitness Simplified podcast. I am thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to have you here. Hi, it's my pleasure. Thank you. So for those of my listeners who do not know you, would you introduce a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do and kind of your approach when it comes to fitness? Yeah, well, I started out, my name is Nia Shanks and I'm the author of Lift Like a Girl and my fitness journey started out incredibly young because I, I got into it from my mom. She was an aerobics instructor in the 80s, and then she became the first female personal trainer in our area. And so I got to grow up watching her strength train and strength train other people. And that's just how I, I fell into it, just from her example, and ended up getting my bachelor in exercise physiology from the University of Louisville. And it just kind of took off from there. The more I worked with women and got to just witness how much they loved getting stronger and how it changed not just their body, but their, their mindset. And in a lot of ways, their lives based on the feedback they provided. It just something I fell deeply in love with and, and realized, you know, this is an experience that I want as many women as possible to have. And so that's what really developed my approach to health and fitness, which is showing women that exercise and nutrition and specifically strength training, you know, it's something that you should do because it's fun, because it's empowering and not just to burn calories or shrink your waist or any of those things, but to go in there and to see what you're truly capable of doing, because I tell all women that they are way stronger than they realize. And so it's just a great opportunity for them to shatter any self-imposed limitations they may have or expectations and to discover the true strength that they have and, you know, that's just, that's what I've been doing. And that's the message that I love sharing. Well, I love every last little bit of what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this. How is that message received? Because for a lot, lot of women, that's not how they've seen mm -hmm. fitness. That's not how it's been used in their life. That's not how they think about it at all. How do women respond when you, when you start suggesting that to them? 
Well, it kind of depends. I mean, a lot of the women that gravitate to my information have gone down a similar road that I have at one point or another. And, you know, part of the, the story I left out of my introduction was when I got derailed for a few years just from, you know, trying to learn everything I could about nutrition and fitness. And I experimented with different diets and counting calories. And that eventually led me to severe disordered eating habits and a, a very gripping binge eating disorder uh, that had hold of me for several years. And it was my escape from that that helped me realize that that fitness is something that needs to be simplified. Uh, you know, oddly enough, given the title of this podcast, Fitness Simplified, I love, <laughs> <laughs> love because it. I just realized that it's, it's so easy to overcomplicate everything to where health and fitness becomes something that dominates women's lives. It, it just it controls their mind. So many women are obsessing over food about what they should eat, when they should eat, how much they should eat. And, and instead of health and fitness being something that complements their life, it's something that dominates it. And, yes. and, uh, you know, a lot of my information is about showing women that this is something that should make you feel great about yourself. Health and fitness should never be something that tears you down or, or makes you feel terrible about yourself or feel less than or anything of that nature. So, you know, a lot of women seem to have have come, they come to me after having been on that road or getting ready to get on that path. And, and, uh, you know, you know, everybody receives things different. And if people mm -hmm. are ready for the message, great. If not, that's okay too. But I think a lot of women are like, wow, you know, this is a, a different perspective. This, this actually makes health and fitness something fun because, you know, so many have used it as just punishment for so long because they, gain weight over the years or because they don't like how they look. And, you know, that mindset of just, I have to go work this off. I ate cake yesterday. I have to go burn these calories or I put on fat. I have to go burn it off. You know, that yeah. kind of mentality becomes very draining and it's not fun and it's not empowering and it's not sustainable a lot of times. And, you know, yeah. it's kind of the, the phrase I use, people try to hate their way back to being or to being, you know, skinnier or, Yes. whatever, whatever it is they desire. So, you know, a lot of women seem to, to like the message, especially once they begin to practice it for themselves. Yeah, I think a lot of us at some point or other, and many people are here now, they come from a place of fear when it comes uh, to fitness, because they are afraid of not being able to lose the weight, or they're afraid that they're going to get fat if they kind of mm. stop holding on to their, um, the way they've always done it before. Um, I really like something I saw on your on your website that you um, talk about being more, not less. And I really like that idea when it comes to fitness about it adding to your life versus always being about restriction and taking things away. Definitely. Yeah. So here's a question I have for you um, when it comes to um, fitness. How do you think um, a person who is hearing this message today and they're thinking, that's just really different for me. I've never approached it that way before. What are a couple of practical suggestions you have for a woman like that just getting started, trying to change her mindset and trying to get started, maybe uh, training for strength for the first time when she's always trained to, you know, burn calories? Well, I mean, I would just kind of just at, respond with saying, you know, how has that been working for you? Mm. Because if that approach worked you wouldn't be looking for something else. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's kind of just, it just jump in there and see what happens because you literally have nothing to lose, but everything to gain from that approach. And I just tell women to, to look at this, especially strength training, especially if they're getting into say deadlifting for the first time or squatting or bench pressing a barbell, those, those exercises may be intimidating for some women if they've never done them 
or if that area of their gym is filled with men, it can be intimidating. And I understand mm -hmm. that, but you just have to tell yourself, you know what, here's the day, here's the time I'm going to go in there. I'm going to try, I'm going to do my thing and just, you know, take that first step is the most important part. And I tell people, you know, pop in some earbuds, get your music going, mm -hmm. you know, get in a little zone and realize that you're there to do something for yourself. It's, it's an investment in self-care and it's, it's like anything new that you try for the first time, there's going to be a learning curve, but it can be fun. It doesn't have to be scary or intimidating, but yeah. I mean, it's, it's something you just have to commit to doing. And it's, it's something I hear my coaching clients tell me all the time. One woman in a coaching group yesterday said she, she deadlifted a hundred pounds yesterday for the first time. And she was so ecstatic because it's been a, a move that's been intimidating for her at the gym and everything. And she was so excited. She's like, you know, I did 85 last week and I, I thought I could do a hundred, but I keep, you know, she kind of had this mental battle where she was like, it's a hundred pounds, but she did it. <laughs> she said she, you know, she crushed it. I was like, that is freaking awesome. That's what I want women to see. And so you yeah. have to take that first step, get in there, start super light if you need to, to just get comfortable and confident with the movements. And then once you get that confidence saying, you know, this movement isn't that complex, I can do this. I've got this. And then from there, you can start adding weight as you get more comfortable. And before you know it, you know, you're going to be doing things that you didn't think you could. So it's yeah. really just about just saying, you know, I'm going to try this. I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to make the focus of my workouts just about my performance. You know, I'm going to get comfortable first with the movements. I'm going to take my time adding weight. But every time I repeat a workout, you know, I'm going to try to just do a little better than last time. And that's what builds that really awesome snowball effect of momentum. And, and that's, it gets so much easier once you just get that first step out of the way. For sure. And, you know, I haven't met a woman yet who um, is not happy with it. Um, when I train women and they're not maybe super excited about like getting a push up or, you know, mm -hmm. any of these things, as soon as they kind of get into it and they see themselves progressing, I haven't yet met a woman who doesn't like glow from the inside out when she finally is able to do it. It's, it's super exciting to see that kind of transformation. Like, absolutely. I love it. Love it. Love it. So what do you think are some good fitness goals for women that have nothing to do with fat loss? If a woman's like, well, what else, what, what would the goal be? What are a couple of good concrete goals that a woman could set out to do? I mean, first of all, I just say, just focus on getting stronger, you know, forget about everything else. And just each time you repeat a workout, just try to, you know, do an extra rep or add a little bit of weight. Um, but as far as like, you know, hard set goals that that really varies for everybody, according to, to what it is they're interested in. You know, some women really want to do a chin up without any assistance, which is awesome. Some want to be able to do push ups on the ground, you know, feet elevated. That's awesome, too. Uh, but some people, they really don't have, they don't know what they want to do until they start strength training. Like mm -hmm. some women, they'll, they'll start out and they'll be like, oh my gosh, I love squats. Squats are so fun. Well, you know, what goal should I have? And like, well, you can shoot for squatting your body weight. That can be a really fun goal or women that really enjoy the deadlift, you know, first aim to be able to deadlift your body weight. And then from there, you know, one and a half times your body weight. It's just, there's tons of different goals, but I really like to put the emphasis on the performance improvement mm -hmm. and disregarding anything else. Don't worry about, you know, sweating profusely or, you know, going until you feel like you're about to pass out. None of that stuff matters. Just, yeah. just focus on what you're doing and doing a little better when you can. What's exciting you about fitness this day personally for you? What are you, what are you shooting for? Oh, I have to, I'm back into deadlifting again. I took a hiatus for a few oh, years after. Yeah, okay. I, uh, 
it, it's always been my favorite lift. And again, it's just kind of uh, one I'm naturally built to excel at. And that's the really fun thing about strength training that I, that I tell women is that we're all built very differently. We all have different bone lengths and, and, mm-hmm. and palmetry and all those things to where we're all going to be naturally better at some exercises than others mm-hmm. you know, who have shorter legs and a longer torso more than likely are going to excel at squats fairly quickly just because that body type gives you a bit of an advantage at that movement. I have very long arms, so uh-huh. it, it makes me a bit better at the deadlift. And, uh, you know, it's just a, a lift I've always loved. And right now I'm having fun building that up. I've hit some, some PRs recently that have been fun and I'm just going to keep taking that where I can. <laughs> oh, good for you. That is my favorite lift. I'm, I'm competing in a powerlifting meet next month that I'm super excited about. Oh, that's and, awesome. Um, yeah. Love it. Um, I've been powerlifting for about two years, still very much a beginner, but I just love it. It really is exciting to me. Um, and I, I get excited when I see other women thinking like, that might be something I want to do because, you know, there was a time where that was just, I, there was a time in my life that it would have never occurred to me that that would have been something to pursue. Mm. And, you know, it just kind of, it kind of came, kind of snuck up on me, but I really, really love it. And I'm always excited when other women are like, I maybe could see myself trying that. (laughs) It's, it's a fun thing. Okay. So I was listening to your podcast recently, the one where you read your articles, um, and you had a whole segment on different kind of before and after. So if anyone has spent even a teeny bit of time on you know, fitness-related social media, they've certainly seen many, many before and after photos, you know, often in like bathing suits um, and their physical before and afters. But this was a whole segment that talked about a bunch of different kind of befores and afters. And I would love for you to kind of share some of those kind of things with us. I think it's great for people to hear um, about those kind of things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it just goes back to the fact that health and fitness, it, it should be about way more than just an image. And it's, it's something that I've discussed elsewhere too, that you can't really define somebody being healthy in a picture because mm-hmm. you can't see somebody's mental state in a photograph. You know, I mean, if you would have had a, I could have been smiling a big old cheesy grin back when I had my disordered eating habits. And, you know, you could look at me and say, maybe I looked fit and healthy but my mindset was very different. Um, And I think people need to realize that being healthy and fit is about way more than how you look in your clothes. I mean, we need to take into account things that truly determine health, which is, you know, if you get your, your cholesterol or lipid panel and all that stuff at your doctor's office, your waist circumference, you know, all these things are important and they're not the sexy glamorous things to talk about, you know, but but they're important. You know, if we're going to talk yeah. about health and fitness, we have to look at it from this more holistic viewpoint. You know, how is your mental state? If you're constantly obsessing over food and you're, you know, just always obsessing over working out and, and that's just what dominates your mind. Well, you know, I think, I think we can agree that some work needs to be done there to, to, to remove some of that mental stress that you have when it comes to health and fitness. And just like I had personally uh, several years ago, my cholesterol was over 400, my total cholesterol. And uh, my doctor and I, she's pretty convinced that it's uh, familial hypercholesterolemia, just meaning basically it's genetic. Mm -hmm. And so it's something that I have to be very, very, very vigilant with about how I eat. 
And uh, through a lot of nutrition changes, I was able to get that back to the 200 range, which for me, I was, you know, I was like, these are things that are worth celebrating. It's an improvement in health. You can't, you know, you're not going to look at me and realize I had a cholesterol issue, (laughs) but you know, I know it's something that's good for me, especially long-term. And it's, these are the things I want us all women to celebrate. You know, how are, how is your yearly physical? And then how is your mindset when it comes to health and fitness? You know, these are the before and afters that don't always look good in a photograph. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, can't you imagine, see that. Yeah, imagine me having a picture before, you know, cholesterol, <laughs> 400. Yeah, you know, nobody cares. Yes. It's like, <laughs> important, you know, and then there's also things, uh, the before and afters that I love is, is a lot of women that have this viewpoint, you know, coming into it, health and fitness may have been something that either intimidated them or scared them, or it, it was something they constantly obsessed over or they use working out for punishment. And then they're after, you know, it's something they do because it makes them feel good about themselves. They love being strong and they eat to, to satisfy and nourish themselves. And they, they realize they can eat whole foods that taste good and make them feel great and that they don't have to constantly try to avoid their favorite foods and all those things. So it's just, it, there's so much more to it than just saying, you know, before I weighed this much and after I lost this many pounds, it's, it, it needs to be about more than that is something I like to say yeah. deserve so much more than thinking the only thing about them that matters still in 2018 is how they look and yeah. that's or how much they weigh. Exactly. Oh, for the love of everything, freaking fantastic. <laughs> yes. I mean, there is more to us than our weight, than our body shape, than our physical appearance. And, you know, it's perfectly fine if you want to lose weight because it'll make you feel better. It'll make you feel more confident. Do that. You know, it's your body. You can and should do what you want with it. But it's different than saying, you know, I have to lose weight so other people approve of me. You know, there's two different viewpoints there. But, yeah, I think if if women choose to to just say, you know, I'm going to demand more from this journey than just, you know, fitting into a smaller pair of pants, you know, I want to think mm-hmm. different. I want to feel different. You know, that's something that they can choose to do. Yeah. I think it's interesting. Um, just this morning, a woman commented on a post I had put up and she asked me a question and I gave her an answer. And I said, that's assuming your goal is fat loss because that's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And her response back to me was, well, isn't everybody's goal fat loss, smiley face, smiley face. And I met, and I messaged back and I'm like, it might seem like that, but really it's not true. And I thought that was really telling that she, um, mm. she had no idea that anybody else would have another goal besides fat loss. Well, and, and, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of something I say that a lot of times women feel like it's just part of being a woman. You have to diet mm-hmm. forever. And a lot of things don't help that matter. Just look at magazines and there's all this crap about lose 10 pounds in a week and this tip to shrink your waist in a month. And that's what's thrown at us constantly. And so it's, it's, it's kind of, it does feel odd or foreign to think that we don't have to have fat loss as the goal. Um, Yeah. But, you know, even if somebody wants to lose fat, that's, that's what I tell a lot of my clients. I'm like, you can, you can lose fat without constantly focusing on losing fat. And, you know, again, it's true. from focusing on that, that be more, not less mentality of, of saying, instead of thinking about all the foods you shouldn't eat, how about we focus on the foods you should eat more of and frequently, you know, yes. more satisfying whole foods and protein sources you enjoy. Quit thinking about all the things you have to avoid. Quit thinking restriction and start thinking abundant. Yeah. And the same yes, I love that. Out, you know, focus on getting stronger, adding weight to the bar. And if you combine these things, 
and you make sure that your other health markers are on track that we talked about with the, you know, getting your yearly physical and all those things and blood pressure and all those delightful, delightful things, make sure all that stuff is moving in the right direction. You're going to lose weight if you need to. Um, yeah. But there's, there's tons of different ways to approach it. And I just, I prefer something that's fun and empowering and, uh, you know, that's, that's definitely the route that I like to go. I love it. Love it. So let's change directions just a bit. Um, you mentioned these women's magazines, and that's definitely um, a big spot for what I'm about to talk about. There is a ton of BS in the fitness industry. Um, things that are believed, things that are just assumed to be correct, things that are taught that are incorrect. So I would love to hear from you about like five, maybe five of you think are the top pieces of BS, misconceptions about fitness and nutrition um, and what you would say to rebut those. Oh, well, um, <laughs> it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be like the top five. Just give me five. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, was one. uh, one big thing is, is all this confusion with diets and, and thinking that there is a diet that is superior to all other diets. And so right now, like the ketogenic diet has, has come back. Some people think it's new. It's not, it was, a, it was very popular, you know, a while back and it's, it's coming back again. And, uh, you know, people need to understand that when you look at the research, it, it shows that when, when protein is equated among diets and calories are equal, you know, no, no low fat or low carb, none of them are superior for long-term weight loss. So, you know, the most important thing is just focusing on the basics of eating mostly whole foods, getting enough protein, and then you need to do what you prefer and what you can consistently do long-term. So anytime you hear about a diet, they say, this is the best diet. This is, you know, perfect. Mm. This is, you know, the, the solution you've been waiting for. It's, it's going to be crap. And yeah. so I may ask, well, I know somebody that went on keto and they lost a ton of weight. Why did they lose a ton of weight? Well, because they were eating fewer calories than they were previously. That's all weight loss is. There's yeah. nothing really super magical about it. Um, I mean, it's much more nuanced than that, but it's just something mm -hmm. I want people to understand that there is no holy grail diet. Uh, that's going right. to be the best thing for everybody. So don't, don't be swayed by those, by those claims uh, because, you know, sensationalized. Especially stuff. if a diet feels like it's not going to be a good fit for you, believing that it has to be the one for you because it works exactly. for your friend or it said it's the best. Absolutely. I would not do well on low carb. I've tried it and oh, I, I, don't, I don't like it. Oh, girl. Yeah. I don't care what the ketogenic diet could do. If it could make me grow wings, so I, could fly, I don't think I could do it because yeah, I love carbs. That, that is my thing. Like I, I would be miserable on a ketogenic diet. I don't know if I could do it for a week even. <laughs> I know there's, I there's might, no I might be able to do it. If, if, if I was promised that I would hit a four times my body weight deadlift, I might be able to do it. Okay. <laughs> okay. You and me Other, and that is typical. But after, after that deadlift, I'm going back to carbs. Give me some mashed all potatoes. All carbs all the time. <laughs> mashed potatoes and oatmeal. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. Oh. <laughs> all right. So that's a good number one. Number two, piece of BS. Ah, uh, I think uh, there's still a lot of uh, thoughts that, that strength training is dangerous. And I think it's because either it's just people that aren't very well informed about how to strength train correctly or just spreading information that is, that is inaccurate. And everybody knows somebody that says they got her working out. And so some people go into it and that's, that is some people's hesitation or women's hesitation. Like, Oh, I'm not going to deadlift because yeah. I don't want to hurt my back. You're not yeah. going to get hurt. Now, if you think you're going to get hurt, if you're terrified, you're going to get hurt, 
then you're going to go into it with that expectation. And if you have even mm-hmm. a little twinge, you're going to go, Oh my God, did I get hurt? Did I just completely screw up? Yeah. And so it's important to realize that it is a safe activity. You're not going to get hurt. You know, take your time using lightweights and use really good, efficient form. Um, but it is a safe activity and don't let anybody scare you into it otherwise. So I love that. Yeah, it's uh, it is a safe activity. It's just, you know, you're, I've seen people do some really, and I don't want to say horrifying deadlifts because this, this language affects, affects that perception, but I've seen people use not good technique with deadlifts. I mean, just completely rip the weight off the ground aggressively and the bars drifting out in front of them and their back is rounded to all get out. They don't get hurt. Mm-hmm. We're pretty resilient. Uh, so just yeah. understand you want to use efficient technique. Um, you know, that, that's the important thing, but you're not going to get hurt. It's not a dangerous activity. And this can lead us to number three. Um, you know, I've seen some articles and there was one in Reader's Digest recently that was, I don't know why this came up on my phone because I thought it was crap, but it was what 14 exercises uh, people over 50 should never do. I saw that. I was just <laughs> reading the title. I'm like, okay, good. So I know. you're 49, you know, this had squats <laughs> and bench press and pull-ups you know, it had all this stuff. I'm like, oh, good. So as long as you're, you know, 49, you better squat and bench and deadlift while you can, because once you hit 50, you're screwed. You you're done. <laughs> and I was like, I couldn't help but think of my mom. She actually did a full powerlifting meet when she was 51. And I was like, really? oh, yeah, my mom's awesome, man. My mom's a rock star. That's um, amazing. She's friggin' amazing. She did it. Uh, I think it was like six or seven months after she had a double prophylactic mastectomy. And she did it Wow! way to come back to prove to herself that, you know, nothing was going to, that wasn't going to define her, that event and everything. And it was awesome. I'm amazing. But yeah, I mean, just, just crap like that. It's everybody is different and everybody, you can do plenty of things, but these absolute statements never do is just dangerous. That and a lot of the information, the reasons behind why they said not to do those, like they, I uh, was like, don't do squats with weights because it's bad for your knees. Body weight squats are mm-hmm. bone density. I'm like, no, by the very definition, it is not. If you want to build your yeah. body, you need external resistance. And so this language and the, this, this garbage that's fed to people, they think, oh, it's too late for me. I'm 50. I can't squat or deadlift. And that's just complete bogus yeah. not you can do pretty much anything you want. And something I tell people, you know, you may have to do variations that work for you, you know, but you can find a way to do yeah. something Even with myself as an example, you know, I'm in my early thirties and for the past couple of years, barbell squats, back squats, I get that once I get over a certain weight, I just get this gnarly, I think it's some kind of nerve pain. I, I don't know if it's the bar compressing a nerve, but I'll get this really sharp pain that shoots all the way down my left arm. And I kept trying to ignore it and I couldn't because it just kept getting worse and worse. And so what, I'm like, well, what can I do? If, if I can't do this variation, what variation can I do? So I can yeah. do safety bar squats without a problem. And so that's something I want people to understand is that everybody's a little different. We all have our quirks and more than likely you can do the major movements. But if you find that for some reason, it's just not happening for you, you can find a variation of those movements that will work for you. Yes. Um, kind of getting off the rails there, but. That- no, not at all. I love that because you don't have to be married to a certain implement, um, but there's a way to do all of those movements 
almost always for everybody. Um, and back to what back to what you were saying about um, age and not being um, you know, them saying it's dangerous to lift weights or do these certain movements, and even that people are afraid of getting hurt um, by lifting. So true that people think these things. What's interesting to me is it's often that the opposite is the case, and that getting stronger is actually going to be the thing that's going to prevent them from getting hurt living their daily lives. Um, you know, once I was able to get stronger, like I noticed, like when I like shovel snow or when I'm doing other things that I would be doing, whether I was lifting weights or not, that I do it better, that I'm just in better condition to do those things, which is very, which, you know, as people get older, they get hurt doing a lot of those kind of things. Yeah, it's true. It is definitely true. So I know I'm preaching to the choir there. I'm not trying to convince you. of that. No, I, I agree because it's true. I mean, because if you just, you know, if we get lethargic as we get older and we don't do much physical activity, well, once you go to do something physically active, you're not conditioned for it. You're going to fatigue quicker. And it's that yeah. fatigue that can cause you to have, you know, a, kind of a, I don't want to say injury because that, that definition isn't very clear to me, but that can be what somebody says they threw their back out, you know, shoveling snow or whatever, because they just, they couldn't tolerate that fatigue. They weren't conditioned for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Very true. All right. Let's go with two more, two more of the biggest BS in fitness. Oh, what do you have for so us? Much. I think I <laughs> is that, that people think they have to finish their workouts just completely exhausted and, you know, with yeah. sweat angels and, on the brink of an <laughs> and all of that stuff. And, and that's just, I, I hate when people think that they have to measure the success of a workout based on how tired they got, because yeah. that just that feeds into the mentality that you have to punish yourself. And if you're not crawling out of the gym, you didn't work hard enough. And that workout was all for nothing. And again, that just, that's, that sets up a very bad mindset in how you view working mm-hmm. out. Uh, and again, it just comes back down to, to asking yourself, what are the things that matter most? And it's, to me, it's steadily and gradually improving your performance over time. And you can do that without finishing all of your workouts, feeling like you're about to pass out or, or puke, you know? Yeah. I remember at a time where I really did not feel like I'd had a good workout unless I was really, I was exhausted um, and feeling sick and beat up. And I know that's a really common feeling. I actually, it's something I, I have to deal with a lot of my clients about that. They'll, you know, they'll message me and say like, you know, I just didn't feel tired. I didn't feel like I'd worked out. And, um, because it's kind of ingrained in us that that's how we're supposed to feel after a workout, mm-hmm. a good workout. That's true. So yeah, I think, I think it's important for people to know that that's not the marker of a good workout. So what do you think, what, tell people, what is a marker of a good workout? How oh. should they know? I would say it, it, the, the stipulation I generally use is, did you do a little better than the last time? You know, but, the, but here's, here's the kind of, but here's the kind of the disclaimer to that is we all have days where we're just either tired or, you know, for whatever reason, your body just isn't having it and you're yeah. not going to improve your performance. And so I want people to understand that, you know, if you've been kicking butt for months and you're getting stronger and you have a workout where all of a sudden like weights that felt manageable last week feel really heavy this week don't force yourself to try to grind out and do better than last time. You just have to understand that, Hey, today it's just not happening. If I have to, I'll take, you know, 10 to 20% of the weight off the bar Mm -hmm. and I'll just do what I can make sure the movement feels good. You know, those workouts count too, even though you didn't improve your performance, the fact that you're in there, you're feeding that workout habit and you're, you're understanding that, you know, you're not going to do better every workout for all eternity. If you did, we'd all be deadlifting, you know, 500 pounds. (laughs) 
um, understanding that those days happen, but it's more, you have to have a longer term picture in, in that regard. So, you know, one or two yes. workouts where you don't do as well, it's fine. Don't get upset about yes. it. Don't get emotional about it. It's part of the process, but that trend over time should be that you're doing a little better and getting stronger and more conditioned. You know, uh, that's, that's the main thing that matters most. I love that. I love that. It's a really concrete way to know that you were successful in a workout. If generally you can look and see like, what did I do last week? And what did I do this week? And I did a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's, it's really a satisfying thing to be able to go into the gym and see like, Hey, I did something this week. I couldn't do last week. Definitely. I love that feeling. Definitely. Love that. All right. One more. I'm going to say that this perception that health and fitness is, and it's people have this all or nothing mentality. So either they go all in and they follow whatever diet perfectly and they hit every workout perfectly. And then the second they get derailed, maybe they ate something they, you know, said they quote shouldn't have eaten or they miss a workout. Then they just feel deflated and defeated and think they failed and just quit altogether. So it's this, it's just drastic swing between trying to do it all or not doing anything mm -hmm. and saying, screw it. I'm not going to start until I can do it all perfectly. And that, that mindset is so damaging that that is something I think women need to let go of is understanding that perfection is, it's not something that's going to happen. And, and to, to kind of put this into perspective, you know, something I'll ask women is for the next year, can you do four workouts a week and, and eat, you know, whole foods and plenty of protein every meal, every day for a year, not miss a single thing. And of course they say, well, no, that's just not practical. And so I'm saying, well, why are you demanding perfection from yourself from the beginning anyway, if going into yeah. it, you already know that's not going to happen. And so that's why I want people to realize that health and fitness needs to be flexible. And you have to understand mm -hmm. that there, there may be periods of, of the year that are less stressful for you to where you can devote more time to working out. You know, maybe when your kids are in school, you can go to the gym four times a week and do those four workouts, but maybe there's some other periods, maybe during the summer where your schedule is just chaotic that, you know, going to the gym four days a week is just not practical. Well, then don't make yourself try to do that. You know, go three days a week. It can change with your schedule, with your preferences, and it needs to be flexible. And um, that's why I tell I love that. you out of that all or nothing mentality. And if you have a, a day or a week where you know you didn't make the best food choices, it's okay. You have to just say, mm -hmm. you know what? I was on vacation and I, I said I would make better food choices. I didn't, you know, if you can learn something from that, that's great. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you, maybe next time you say next time we're on vacation, instead of going out for breakfast every day, we'll make stuff where we are to make sure we get something that's, that's better for us. You know, you can always learn things from it, from those experiences, but then you just got to move on. Beating yourself up for it is not going to help you at all. Yeah. But that's something I encourage women to do. Get out of that all or nothing mentality and embrace flexibility and sustainability. So important because when we make ourselves choose between all or nothing, right? When we get when we're like, those are the only two choices. We can be all for a bit, but eventually we're going to go to nothing because it's impossible. It's impossible to have it all and do it all all the time. And I love talking about the idea that something isn't nothing, but there's this whole middle ground. It doesn't have to be all in or all out. Mm -hmm. There's a whole variety of choices in between those two things. Definitely. Love that. Okay. So we could sit here and talk for hours about all the BS related to health and fitness, but here's a question I think is really important for people to know to really, to have some kind of gauge um, because they're going to be confronted with BS fitness information all the time. 
what is your BS meter? How can people gauge whether something is possibly BS? That's really difficult, unfortunately, because there is just, oh, there is so much of it. And unless, I mean, it, I don't know if something, to me, if something just sounds really bat crap crazy, that's a good sign. <laughs> um, if somebody is talking about something that is way out of their scope of expertise, that's a good sign. Like if, if a personal trainer is trying to give you medical advice, I mean, that is not mm -hmm. their area of expertise. I wouldn't listen to them. Like if somebody, I have people that ask me, you know, a lot of times, Hey, I'm pregnant. How do I adjust my workouts? I'm like, well, you need to talk to your OBGYN about that. I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, go, go see that person and, and ask them, you know, I can tell you what I think and what I've seen that's shown in research, but you have to ask them. Um, kind of same thing when people start talking about, you know, hormones and stuff, you need to look at who is giving the information and, and question it. Um, you know, but at the same time, unfortunately, that can be sketchy, too, because there are there are some medical professionals that that are telling people right now not to get their flu shots. And from my I, from everything I've seen with the research, flu shots are safe for most people unless you've had Guillain-Barre or some other medical condition that prevents you from having to get it. For most people, they should get it. But you have some medical doctor saying, don't get it, you know, drink vitamin C or some crap, you know, it's just, yeah, really difficult. So I would say if something sounds too wonky, you know, your BS meter should be going off. If somebody is telling you mm -hmm. something and you realize it is way out of their area of expertise, you should take it with a grain of salt, you know, and just go to the professionals for certain things, your medical doctor, hopefully you have a good rapport with your medical doctor. And you know, that's where you ask them those things, but it's just kind of tricky. Yeah. And uh, just, just take things kind of lightly and uh, don't, mm -hmm. don't bind anything with your heart and soul. Yeah. <laughs> stick to the I, basics. For me. The basics for me, yes. I love that. That's for me what it is. If something sounds really complicated, if something, someone is telling you that they have like some kind of secret, that to me is a big marker that it's BS because the stuff that really works is, is very simple and it's out there. It's not something secretive. And a lot of times it's free. That brings up another thing. Yes. Says, this is the supplement you've been waiting for and I sell it. You know, this is the most, yes. you know, you have a question mark there. Yeah. So if some yeah. demands that you have to buy something to get phenomenal results or whatever. Yeah. That's a big red flag too, because nothing is going to replace whole foods. Nothing is going to re replace physical activity. You know, some supplements may be helpful like creatine, um, but it's cheap, you know, plain creatine is really cheap, but it's not mandatory by any means. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So be wary of somebody saying that they have some kind of magical solution and they just happen to sell it that you need to buy. Yeah. You yes. have to buy it. You know, some people say this, For sure. Yeah. Certain things can help you. Um, mm -hmm. Somebody says, you know, this is far better than anything. And can I, do I have a second to kind of add in something though? That's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, there've been studies, I think it was a, was it in the seventies, but it was a, it was a study where they had these people that were strength training, experienced strength trainees. The researchers told some of them that they were taking steroids and so they had these people convinced that they were taking steroids and they had these drastic increases in their strength. And these are people that were already wow. strength training and their strength shot up. I want to say it was almost 300% or just something wonky, just crazy. Wow. But then the researchers told them, yeah, it's, it's just a placebo. 
And afterwards, once they knew it was a placebo, their strength gains went down. They declined. So that is amazing. Well, this is just the power of our minds. The placebo effect is a real thing. And it's, it's kind of why some people get these pre-workout supplements. And yes, creatine is proven to work. Caffeine is proven to work. Those are proven performance enhancements. But, you know, what you think about something can really have a drastic effect. There was even a study not too long ago where it was, uh, they said a guy OD'd um, on placebo pills. So he had a no What? He had a nocebo effect. Yeah, this guy, I forget what the medication that he was told he was given. And he ended up taking, I think, almost the whole bottle of it. And so he was rushed to the hospital and his blood pressure was just, just super low. And they were giving him, I want to say they were giving him like, a, you know, IV and all that stuff. But finally, the doctor came in that was part of the, the trial he was on and said, yeah, those pills that you thought you took to kill yourself were placebos. And then I think that said like half an hour later, all his, his vitals, you know, rebounded. So granted that was an extreme case. Yeah. Um, but, but your mindset really affects things. And this is why it's what we said earlier about people thinking they're going to get hurt from, from weightlifting. Mm-hmm. That's a good nocebo effect. If you have that expectation that if I do this and I do it wrong, I'm going to get hurt. Will you increase your chances of, you know, cause you're going to be watching for any sign or any twinge of, of pain or discomfort. So yeah, fascinating stuff, but the way you think about things can either really, really help you or they can potentially harm you. Um, yes. And that was a heck of a derail there, but <laughs> it's important. no, that was, that was really amazing. I love hearing about that because I really do believe that the power of our minds is so strong with our performance, with our results. Um, and I think one of the things that can really affect that is the power of our words, how we speak to ourselves, how we talk about things. You know, I think things like, well, even just things as simple as like talking about things in terms of like cheat meal or um, like my guilty pleasure or these things that really frame our food in a negative way can have a big impact on us. It is. It's very, and even they're even showing uh, research as far as with aging, you know, people use, once they get older, you know, we use terms like I'm falling apart and you know, all the yeah. stuff and they're saying, you know, we're, we're framing the expectation of as we get older, we're going to be in crippling pain and we're going to be tired. And they're saying we need to change the language we use because we're just kind of, again, nociboing ourselves into thinking as we get older, we're all going to fall apart and we're screwed. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's really important to reframe, like you said, same thing with food, how we view things. We need to be aware of the language we use because there is power in those things. Absolutely. What do you talk about with your clients in those terms as in as far as um, their relationship with food and the language they use around it? Are there any like guiding principles that you have there? Yeah, we so I try to not use anything that's dichotomous or black or white. We don't have good and bad labels. Now, sometimes they slip out of my mouth and I have to catch myself. But I, I, I instead mm. say, say, let's focus on the foods that we should eat most often and foods we should eat less often, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's how I like yeah. to frame it because that way, you know, I want to remove any negative association with desserts or things that we know aren't super healthy. I don't want somebody to have guilt associated with those things. And it yeah. can take time to, to get there, especially if you have a background of, of you label foods, good and bad but if you, mm-hmm. if you start to retrain yourself to think, you know, these are the foods I should eat more often, eat these in abundance, 
And here's some of the things I just, I need to eat smaller amounts and less often and try to keep it as simple as that. Try to reframe how you look at it. Because again, it's coming back to thinking abundance instead of restriction and avoidance. Um, but that's generally how we like to guide things. And these are, you know, just if, if we again, look at what research has shown to help us be healthy and hopefully ward off disease, it's, you know, tons of whole nutritious foods, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, meat, if you choose to eat those things. Um, you know, the, uh, the unprocessed meats, uh, fish, dairy, all of those things, nuts, seeds, you know, those are the things that should make up the base of what you eat. And again, you can tailor that if you're vegetarian or vegan or whatever you like, that's cool, but still eat mostly whole foods and then reserve the delicious sugary, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I made an apple pie for family dinner Sunday. You know, that thing was filled with sugar and fat. <laughs> <laughs> I had a piece of it. It was awesome. It was great. You know, yeah. Stuff like that on occasion. It's fine. Yeah. Cause you're not eating that apple pie every day. Yeah. So, and you know, there was no guilt with it. I knew what it was. It was fine, but I enjoyed it. And it's, it's, it's a part of life. And just like when Thanksgiving comes up, I'm, I'm the dessert maker for our family dinners because oh. I just, I like baking. It's really fun for me. Um, What's your specialty? I, I don't know. <laughs> well, for Thanksgiving, I make a really good chocolate bourbon pecan pie. It is awesome. That Ooh, is my jam. That sounds good. So, yeah, it's pretty fancy. really good. Well, I'm from Kentucky. You got to put bourbon in it. You just have to. Um, <laughs> but, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's understanding that, you know, and that's, that's another kind of thing too, when the holidays come up is that I kind of cringe when I see people trying to healthify every yeah, kind of dish, and that's cool. I get that some people need to do that for themselves because they enjoy it, and that's fine. Again, if it's your life, if you're the kind of person that you need to do that, it makes you feel good, do it. But if you think you have to, you know, that you have to make a apple pie that has no fat or sugar because mm -hmm. you have to eat that way, I, I want people to realize that you don't have to do those things. You can enjoy the real thing, you know, have a smaller yeah. amount of it, enjoy it. It's you know, a holiday, it's more about making the important choices, you know, every other day of the year, instead of hyper-focusing yeah. on one day, just kind of balancing out things. Uh, again, I don't yeah, know. I think that's so important. <laughs> oh, it doesn't even matter. It's super interesting. I've had you know, so my much daughter... talking. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So my daughter came up to me the other day. I don't know what they were, her and her friend were talking about. And they thought I'd be super excited about this healthy cookie recipe. Mm. Well, it looked terrible to me. And I said, you know, honestly, I would rather... <laughs> I would rather just have like regular cookies. And, mm. she, and I'm like, you, you like, you see me eat regular cookies all the time. Mm. And she's like, I know, but you really like healthy food. And my approach mm. is I do like healthy food. And so like, I'm going to get my healthy food from like mm. my vegetables and my meat and my salad. And then if I want a cookie, mm. I'm going to have a regular straight up cookie, For not sure. a healthy cookie. And that brings <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. No, go ahead. Listen, that brings up a great point. And it's, it's something I said a while, like I've shared, um, like I'll make ban banana ice cream, which is frozen bananas. And, uh, you know, sometimes I'll make that instead of eating ice cream because, you know, I was craving something cold. It was summer. I was like, well, I don't want to eat ice cream every single day. It's not the, it, my, my cholesterol would hit that 400 mark again. Right. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. you know, instead I'll have ice cream once a week, but if I'm really craving something cold and frozen, I'll make the banana ice cream a couple days during the week. Yeah. So you're right. Again, it's that balance. Um, yes. Just like people make, what is it? Cauliflower, cauliflower crust pizza. No, I'm not doing yes. that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I no. haven't tried that yet. I, I won't do it. it like to me, my brain is saying hell no. So that's something I won't even try. 
because there are just some things I won't compromise on. But yeah, it's, it's, you're totally right. There are some things if you know that like, um, whatever your favorite things are. Yeah. If you like real cookies yeah. and, and no substitutes going to do, then don't try to force yourself to have it. But if there's something you like to eat often, uh, like yeah. French fries or something, like I make really good, I make really good oven baked fries and uh, oh. yeah, I think it's important. You're right. It's if, if there's something you like eating very often, that is like your go-to food, then yeah, you might want to try to find a way to tweak it to make mm -hmm. it still taste great to where it's uh, a little less full of, you know, sugar, fat, salt, whatever. Um, yeah, but you're right. But there are times to enjoy the real thing. So yeah, it's about yeah. Kind of finding that balance for sure. I think that's a great word. Um, balance, which is a hard word for people when they have a goal that they want to reach a specifically like a physique goal. They're not necessarily looking for balance. They're looking for the fastest way, which usually mm -hmm. often involves like restricting all of those things. And they feel like they need to come up with a healthier version of everything, which interestingly, a lot of the healthier versions are not any lower in calorie. They just mm. sub out like, so that they're just kind of like, um, you know, like they'll have healthier ingredients, which are just as high in calorie. They're just better for you. Um, it's an interesting thing, I think, to help people understand that, okay, that still has the same or maybe even more calories. So you're still not going to get where you're trying to go. And now you don't have cookies. Yeah. So. No, yeah, you're right. That's, that's something too. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes these quote healthier recipes are higher in calories than the real thing too. You're absolutely right. And, uh, it, yeah, you're That's where people just need to come to the awareness that, you know, calories do matter. They are important. You know, food quality is also important as well. Um, but oh, it's, that's where things can get kind of maddening, unfortunately. I but. Know. <laughs> it takes a lot of time. And, and this is where I think coaches come in. I really, it's one mm -hmm. of the things I love about coaching is helping people through that process of realizing like, why are calories important? And what's the role of cookies in my life? And <laughs> all of that kind of stuff, because it's really easy to get wrapped up in your own head and to hear people talking and to just com make complete madness of the process of trying to lose weight or get strong or any of it. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things I see about as the benefit of a coach, having somebody who's done it before and seen it and can kind of be a voice of reason when we kind of go off the rails. Mm -hmm. Do you have a coach, Nia? Do you have a coach for anything? No, not right now. No, I do not. Not right now. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, I want to respect your time here, but I do have just a couple of more quick questions. We're going to do a speed round. I know you're, you've got a ton of coffee in you, so I feel like you're ready for this. Early morning, <laughs> early morning coffee. We're good. <laughs> All right. What's, what's a hidden talent you have? I can moonwalk. Does that, you count? can, I can, moonwalk. Well, I, I, I wish this was on video because I would request to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see that. All right. Number two, what energizes you? Coffee. <laughs> Coffee. We rock. I didn't even need to ask. Oh, just, outside of coffee. Outside, man, anytime I get uh, like PMs or emails from women, especially uh, like Lift Like a Girl, my book came out last year. It's been almost out for almost a year and hearing people saying that it's when they say it's changed their life, man, that that grabs me every time or women that are saying that they're their strength training for the first time and it's the best thing they've ever done for themselves. That stuff revs me yeah. up. Love it. Love it. What is your happy place? Uh, nature, mountains, mm. just anything solitude, just nature. Usually yeah, the mountains love though. It. Oh my gosh. Hiking, hiking in the mountains. Heck yes. How close are you to the mountains? Well, we go to, uh, the Smoky Mountains are about five hours away. So we try to go oh, there okay. at least a couple times a year. Love it. That's nice. All right. What's your favorite movie? 
Mm, dang. Uh, well, my favorite movie growing up was A League of Their Own. I'll just go with that. That's I love that movie. Loved it so hard, man. I still love that movie. Uh, that's a great. There is no crying in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Love that movie. Okay. Couple of fast um, either or questions. Fall or summer? Fall. Music or podcasts? Music. Cake or pie? Cake. High tech or low tech? Low tech. Ooh, me too. Passenger or driver? Driver. Oh, wow. That's impressive. I I like to sleep in cars. I like to be the passenger at all times. <laughs> we would go well okay. together then. <laughs> yes. I drive we should, go on a, <laughs> we should go on a trip together, Nia. <laughs> to the Smoky Mountains. Okay. With coffee. To the Smoky Mountains. <laughs> With coffee and cake. <laughs> and please bring your pie. <laughs> okay. One last question. This one always gets people. I ask this question every time. What is your favorite word? Mm. I'll give you a second on that one. Or a favorite word. Oh my God. Holy crap. Stoic, (laughs) maybe? I'll go with stoic. Ooh, can you tell us why? Uh, I really got into reading a lot of uh, stoicism in the past couple years and some of the lessons that have taught that have that have been taught through reading those things like from Epictetus and Marcus Aurelius have been very eye-opening for me in a lot of ways um just kind of the art of living so to speak is 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 what I think they they teach so okay that's why the art of living all right. Well, we are going to end it there. Ania, thank you so much for being here. This has been super fun for me. And I think people are going to find a lot of value in the things that we have discussed here today. If people are looking to connect with you, what is the best way for them to do that? They can find me on my website, neashanks.com. That's where, that's basically my hub. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. I hope you have a fabulous rest of the day. Um, what are you off to do today? I'm going to write. (laughs) I've got a lot of writing ahead of me. All right. Well, have a fantastic day. Thanks so much for joining me here. You too. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. That does it for this episode of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Big thank you to Nia for being here and talking with me today. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Fitness Simplified podcast and I will talk to you next time.